Darkness falls. A new era is upon us. We are about to vote in our next council. In 48 hours, the polls open on October 14th at uh, 10 a.m. all the way until October 24th at 8 p.m. So how will this election play out? Well, members will be elected for a four-year period. In the 2022 election, members will be elected for a four-year period beginning on November 15th, 2022 and ending November 14th, 2026. We have one spot for our mayor and six seats for town councillors. Now, if you listened to the last podcast, you would already know and should already know outside of that that our two candidates for mayor are Justin Duhamel and Sean Panko. Their debate was featured on the last episode of the podcast, so go check that out if, if you haven't already. This time, we will be hearing the debate between the current councillors. Now, there will be 14 on the ballot, um, but uh, Chris Samuer has, has dropped out of the race. He's dropped out, but he's still going to be on the ballot because officially he's, I think they're already printed or something. Um, so he has a message saying, please don't vote for him. It'll be a wasted vote. He does not in he does not intend to pursue the seat. We have four returning uh, incumbents looking to seek re-election and their names are Wendy Alford. There's Jay Brennan. There's Christopher McGuire and there's Peter McKenna. New names on the ballot are Linda Bradford, Patricia Ann Clark, James Creighton, Chance Lozier-Peterson, Jennifer Miller, Joanne Morin, Stephen Robinson, Karen Salter, and Don Quinn. One other note is that in this uh, in this debate we hear here, uh, Don Quinn was not present for the debate due to illness. For more information on the election and uh, for any information you need on how to cast your ballot, please visit speakupsmithfalls.com. You can find any additional info that you need there. Uh, and without further ado... Uh, Let's get to know your candidates. We're going to hear the debate that took place on October 5th. Here it is. The format is that each of the people will have a chance, a two-minute introduction, when they'll introduce themselves and uh, tell you about their hopes and aspirations for the town. There'll be a question period after that. All the questions have been received already, and I'll try to share those out as best we can. And then each of the candidates will have a one-and-a-half-minute opportunity to sum up. In terms of the order of everybody, we drew cards before, and Chris McGuire will be going first. Before we do so, we have, we have Jamie Schooler. I just wanted to introduce Jamie Schooler, who's the school board candidate. And, and you'll be meeting uh, Sean Panko and uh, Justin Duhamel shortly. This, I'm going to try and finish this at 10 to 8, and then we'll have a 10-minute break before we hear from the mayoral candidates. All right. Um, that being said, Chris, you have two minutes. We do have a timer, so I'll, we'll try and limit everybody to their allotted time. All right. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, thank you, Paul. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us tonight uh, in person and online. If elected, uh, my five priorities are going to be, number one, affordability. Uh, MPAC assessments have been frozen for the uh, the near past, and the $163,000 assessment is no longer reflective of what our houses are worth. 
Um, if your house is worth, or if your house has been assessed at more than that, you may be paying too much in taxes. Uh, the next council is going to have to lower the tax rate as the assessments get adjusted to make sure that the average tax bill stays at or below inflation as we can afford. Um, with affordability, housing affordability and food security are also extremely important. Uh, if elected, I'd love to see the three uh, housing projects that are in the planning process move forward and the food hub uh, be built. Accessibility is number two for me. Our town has an aging population from the recent StatsCan data, plus uh, the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act comes into full force in 2025. Um, I fully support funding our Accessibility Advisory Committee's recommendations uh, to make sure that our downtown and parks can be fully experienced by everybody. Uh, number three is renewing and revitalizing our parks. Although progress is starting to be made, our, our parks are still need significant annual investment. Um, our world-class UNESCO Heritage Canal deserves world-class parks, and it'll bring people to our community and have them stay in our community. Safe active transportation networks. Building a pedestrian crossing at Old Slice Bridge is my top priority from the active transportation plan. Uh, the active transportation plan was completed during the last term of council. It's a great uh, project that looks at the town from every corner. Uh, right now, the Old Slice Bridge is extremely dangerous. It's an important link to accessing Lower Reach Park, so I think this needs to be number one. Last, a thriving downtown. Enforceable design and property standards, a heritage conservation district, and grants to restore our heritage buildings are all critical to transform our downtown to reach its full potential as a regional tourist destination and an economic powerhouse. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. That was just one second too long. That was pretty good. All right, second, Stephen Robinson. Good evening. I've determined that if you want to see positive changes in a community, you need to become involved to help make it happen. Therefore, I've decided to run for town council so that you as a community are heard. I was born and raised in Smith Falls. My wife and I have raised our family here, and now we enjoy our grandchildren and our new puppy, Milo. I was the manager for the local LCBO stores in Perth, Elgin, and Smith Falls, as well as an acting district manager for over 35 years when I retired. During my tenure with the LCBO, I was a member of the board of directors for the Perth and Smith Falls hospitals representing Lanark County before, during, and following the amalgamation. So why do I want to be your town councillor? Well, I see there's a lot of growth and diversity, yet still a crisis in housing and retaining small business. I want to support the small business that's here, but also work to attract other businesses, especially the downtown core. Whether you support it or were against the angle parking, the new design of the downtown core is here to stay. I want to see it utilized in ways similar to other uh, small towns with businesses flourishing. I am pleased to see there be more affordable housing coming on Chamber Street and hopefully on Robinson Avenue as well. I'd like to be involved in the positive progress that's being made in making housing affordability a reality for all residents. I'm also an advocate of replacing the Confederation Bridge with a clone of the existing structure. I feel it's an important small artery through our beautiful park, and I think this would draw more tourism, local and afar, uh, to our area. Centennial Park would be a perfect area to host weekly farmers markets, not only attracting foot and vehicle traffic, but boats as well. Our town needs to highlight our beautiful waterfront and the parks that we have to locals and tourists alike by drawing them to this area. I know this community is looking for positive change as we grow. I am willing to be the person that listens to your concerns so that we can move forward. And I humbly ask for your vote on October 24th. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Jamie Creighton. Uh, good evening. Merci pour votre présence. Thank you, everyone. Uh, my full name is James Gregory Creighton, but pretty much everyone knows me as Jamie. This has actually led to a good deal of confusion. Uh, I wasn't born here in Smith Falls, but after I arrived in 2010, I realized this was a place I wanted to call home. 
Since that time, I bought and restored a 100-year-old home, which I now share with my wonderful partner and our two young daughters. Uh, in 2017, I was able to transition from a manager to a sole proprietor of a small but successful catering business, and I secured a contract with Campy Growth. Uh, as an independent business owner, I want to ensure we embrace policies that support not only local entrepreneurs, but reduce any unnecessary hurdles that might discourage people with new ideas from choosing Smith Falls. We need to invest in sensible and creative plans that build on our reputation for tourism, but at the same time be mindful of just how it is we want to grow as a community. Case in point, Confederation Bridge. Uh, accessibility is a challenge for any small community. Many of us here have parents who are aging, will need support and getting around soon enough. Others struggle just getting home with their groceries. Uh, we need to consider reaching out to share, uh, sorry, rideshare companies as well as looking at creative initiatives that could fill in the gaps and make access to shopping and services easier and more economical. I think we should consider allocating parking spaces on municipal land in hopes of promoting cost-conscious, climate-aware, and safe carpooling options for students and commuters. I look forward to answering your questions here shortly. I encourage anyone home or watching online to reach out to me anytime. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Jay Brennan. Thank you and welcome. You know, when I was first elected, uh, Smith Falls was a much different position than they are today. But with a new arena, new water treatment plant, a redeveloped hospital, a new high school, I knew that we had the bones for growth and, and that was going to happen. Today, we're in a far different position and, in my opinion, a much better place. And I have confidence in the town I love. Our growth is apparent. Over the last four years, our property taxes have risen at less than one-third the rate of inflation. Last year, there was a 0% increase in property taxes. This year, our auditor informed us that our revenue is up and our debt is down. Clearly, we're in a good financial position. Also this year, the town completed a whopping $17 million in capital projects. There's much to do ahead of us. I want to be clear. I support the replacement of the Confederation Bridge for pedestrians and vehicles. Out of commission for seven years, this bridge is part of the fabric of our town. Confederation Bridge is a broken bone in our town and needs to be fixed. I'm also concerned about Victoria Park. The good news is this, there is new playground equipment on the way. What's concerning is we've lost the lease with Parks Canada for the balance of the park. It's time for Council in a united voice to work with Parks Canada and bring back vibrancy to the park. We're making good headway on important issues like affordable housing, food security, climate change. I know we're going to be discussing that tonight. I'm excited for the future. I'll always respond to your individual concerns and problems. I'll always do my best, use my best judgment and common sense when making decisions. And I will always keep your priorities top of mind at the council table. This October, I ask for your support. Thank you, Jay. You mentioned that things have changed since you were on council. I don't think I was born when you were first elected. <laughs> All right. Next, next uh, Joanne Moran. Hello. Not too many people know of me. I have just moved to Smith Falls six years ago, but I have been employed in the same organization for the past 26 years in this community. I provide parenting education, prenatal education, and support families in Lanarkleys and Granville. Throughout my career, my strengths have been and continue to be advocating for individuals problem-solving, and ensuring that the families that I support have their needs met so that they can succeed. Since settling into the community, I had to learn about our community at a different level, so I got involved with organizations. I am a member of the Ladies Auxiliary, Branch 95. I am a member of the board of our station theater, and 
I also volunteer front of the house, backstage, and also look after props for our our uh, productions. Um, and I'm very happy to say that Ghost Train is going to be opening November 4th. So I hope everybody comes to our theater. It's a beautiful, beautiful location. Um, I have also been on the board of directors with the Smith Falls and District Art and Culture Council since uh, 2017. As board member, I have been a founding member for the Arts Fair, the Christmas Artisan, and the Joyce Brennan Art and Culture Award Dinner Committee and the annual Philippe fundraiser. I am familiar with the needs of our community, and over the next four years, I plan to bring forward to our council issues such as affordable housing, transportation barriers, food security, and senior support. I feel that my learned experience has provided me with the skills to present and be the voice of many in our community. Please vote for me on October 24th. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Jennifer Miller. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. And thank you to the Smith Falls Chamber of Commerce for hosting this tonight. I'm grateful to be here. So my name's Jennifer Miller. <clears throat> I was born and raised in Lombardy and moved back into Smith Falls town proper five years ago. I wanted to share a bit about my background since I'm a new candidate to council. I served as executive director for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Lanark County for almost 12 years. During that time, I grew the agency from two employees to 14 and from 51 kids served to almost 800. In my role with the agency, I also acted for our national office and was a national accreditor, a founding member of the Ontario Mentoring Coalition, and was awarded the Team Building Award for my efforts to more closely align with regional neighbours. I was also honoured with the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Award for my efforts to help local children and youth through our mentoring programmes. <clears throat> In 2018, I moved on to the town of Smith Falls as the Manager of Economic Development and Tourism. In this position, I utilized my skills in project management, budget monitoring and fiscal oversight, building strong business relationships, and coupled with my passion for this community. I was recognized for the economic support programs that we launched for our business community during the pandemic, and our team was recognized and awarded the Lieutenant Governor's Award for Marketing Excellence, as well as the Community Economic Development Award for Excellence in a Rural Setting. Throughout my career, I have demonstrated my capabilities as a seasoned and well-respected community builder and with a proven track record. My priorities on council will be small business support, infrastructure projects including Confederation Bridge, and affordability. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Peter McKenna. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome out tonight. If you're new to Smith Falls, I'm especially welcoming you. We've had uh, four or 500 new people move here and uh, just thrilled about that. For those of you who don't know, I've been in healthcare most of my career, health and social services, at the uh, executive director level. I've co-founded three not-for-profit corporations in Smith Falls, one with housing, one with food security, and one with healthcare. Uh, I guess I'm excited, as everyone else is here, about the resurgence of Smith Falls over the last few years, and I want to make sure that continues, and that's really why I'm running. Uh, I also want to make sure that the voices that go unheard are heard. Uh, we're blessed to have probably over 2,500 seniors in our community, but we also have 1,500 young people under the age of 14 in our community, and those voices uh, need uh, 
advocates like people on council and, and people in this room. Uh, I also want to make sure that uh, the work that we do is built around collaboration. Uh, it doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. You don't get harmony when everyone sings the same note. You, you get harmony by coming together and collaborating and working in, in that manner, and that's something I've had a history of doing for the last 30 or 40 years. If elected, my priorities will be to continue a lot of the work that is already underway, the water tower, library uh, renovations, the Highland Park Community Health Hub, which I'm particularly excited about. I do want to see a bridge crossing at Confederation Drive. I want to see the redevelopment of the former water treatment plant. And by the way, about 60% of our streets are in fair to poor condition. So moving that forward while keeping an eye on taxes is really important to me. Uh, I also just want to finish off by reminding us about the climate crisis and Smith Falls has a plan on going forward and I'd like to be part of that. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Karen Salter. Good evening, everybody. My name is Karen Salter and I'm very excited to be running for council. I was born and raised in Smith Falls and have raised two children here. I spent a little over 17 years employed at Hershey Canada. Upon their closure, I furthered my education and have now been employed in the developmental services sector for 14 years. I was involved in our QP local as a steward, as a membership officer, and as a member of the bargaining unit during contract negotiations. My involvement with the union was fueled by my desire to represent and to promote the rights of my fellow employees. A significant aspect of that role was listening and collecting the facts. My interest in local politics has heightened during the past four years. I have devoted numerous hours to research and have learned a great deal, but certainly do realize that as a councillor, the process of learning is ongoing. I believe that the role of a councillor is to serve and represent the citizens of the municipality. To be effective in this role, it will be my duty to listen to your concerns. I can't promise to have all the answers, but I do promise to listen. Your next council will face new and ongoing challenges. Our aging water tower is at the end of its projected service life. Our asset management plan recommended that construction of a new water tower commence in 2019. However, the town did not have the funding at that time. As things stand right now, construction is to commence in April 2023. Seven years after being determined unsafe, Confederation Bridge sadly remains out of commission. This issue was to be addressed and voted on at the Committee of the Whole meeting on July 25th. However, after discussion among council and town staff, it was decided that it would be brought forward again in a couple weeks. Although it was scheduled for August 22nd, it ended up being removed from the agenda. It appears that your next council will be deciding the fate of Confederation Bridge. I sincerely hope that you will allow me the opportunity to serve you as council tackles these and other challenges. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Trish Clark. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. I've been born and raised. Um, I'm now a single mom of three sons who make me proud every day. Um, I've volunteered in our community pretty much my whole life. I have worked here and ran a business, but I'm currently just, I'm a driver. <laughs> um, <laughs> I work with the vulnerable and disabled and help them get to all the places that they have to go because transportation is a problem in our community. Uh, that will be one of my top priorities Food is also a top priority in our food security. I'm hoping we can like do some community gardens that are both useful, growing food, and beautiful for our community because we do have a lot of green spaces. I think we spend far too much time cutting and paying for grass. Um, my third would be Confederation Bridge. 
I miss driving over that every single day. So I'd like to get it back uh, in all capacities. I look forward to serving you if you choose to vote for me and everybody else is already settled by. So thank you. Thank you, Trish. Linda Bradford. Thank you, Paul. Yes, I'm born and raised in Swiss Falls. I'm married. I have children, grandchildren, and I have spent 40 plus years volunteering in Swiss Falls. At the moment, I am at the Perth and Swiss Falls Salvation Army stores. I have always thought the people of Swiss Falls should have transparency and honesty with every council that sits. You're the boss. You pay the bills. You and their salaries. What I would like to see in the next four years is affordable housing. And we need to find out what is affordable in Swiss Falls. I'd like to see an affordable daycare plan for those working couples that need the extra help for the shutdown in the summer holidays. I'd like to address taxes. I'd like to address the police budget. I would like to take a look at the BIA and the chamber and council getting together to try to keep some retail stores back in our town so our money stays here. When I was out doing my walkabout, I talked to a lot of people. I had a lot of phone calls and I had a lot of emails. And um, everyone says, how do you feel about the bridge, Linda, personally? And what do you have an idea? So I say, personally, I want the bridge. I want the bridge that we had. It's our heritage. It's been here since the 1800s. And we've lost a lot of heritage lately. Anyways, with luck, I have a solution to the bridge. I have it here with me tonight. It is affordable, and I have seen our professionals in Smith Falls. It can be done. And when the new council comes in, I'll send it there. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Chance Lozier Peterson. Good evening, everyone. I'd like to thank everyone for showing up too, because this would have been very different had you not. I'd also like to thank Mark TV for setting us out in everybody's homes and YouTube, and apologize to those same people because I unfortunately have a face for radio. <laughs> I'm Chance Peterson. I was born in Smith Falls. I was raised in three different houses on Eagle Street because we knew all of our neighbors. My aunts and uncles lived around the corner, my grandparents. Those were the same streets that raised my parents. 30 years later, my grandma Harriet's house, the house that raised my father, is my room, and I'm back in those same neighborhoods. Now, this is after doing a lifetime of door-to-door -door sales and telemarketing, for which I'm very sorry. I worked at Premier Simmons. I have scrubbed dishes. I even ran away and joined a freak show once, and went to college and got into radio. Now I work at Tweed and Security. A roundabout way of saying, what can I bring you now? Well, dedicated care to the community through its people, which is what makes Smith Falls what it is. We get a lot of people coming in from the cities who tell us that they like the feel of this place. And that's not a building, that's not a park. That's the people. It's our friends, it's our family, that's our neighbors. We have the ability to know them here, and we have the ability to take care of them too, and it's our duty to do that. We have the ability to tackle problems like affordable housing and make sure that people who 
walk down a place where they don't have to worry about it. Or people that have a dream of being able to afford a home one day don't have to be told that story, that's not for you. We can have halls and parks filled with supporters for community programs, and we can have new jobs and money in our pockets to support the new businesses and make sure that they stay. And if I can get to council, I plan to help with that prosperity and those goals by making sure that we all get there and go forward together. Thank you, Chance. And finally, Wendy Alford. Can't see if you're here. I am Wendy Alford, and I grew up at the corner of Maine and McGill. I uh, went to SFDCI, and my first real job was at the brand new Giant Tire. Spent the summer before college working in the peanut butter cup line at Hershey's. Uh, I worked for the federal government for a number of years, including Parks Canada and the National Energy Board, after which we moved back to Smith Falls to be closer to family and raise our son, Red. I was co-owner of a successful income tax consulting business and ended my work life after a very rewarding 22 years in the broadband industry. I gained uh, volunteerism is a way of life in our family, and so I have volunteered my entire adult life. Some of you might remember Southern States and Baltimore. Those were two that I participated in. Not just participated, but I was the chair. Um, most recently, though, I've been a part of committees working on food security and on resettling Syrian families and now Ukrainian families who are fleeing war. I was on town council from 2003 to 2006, and that was interesting and challenging, but things have changed a great deal since then. The municipal governance is now much more complex, and the expectations of what the municipality's role is are much different. Municipalities play the largest part in our daily lives, and since Falls Town Council's role is to create, advance, and change policies that make our town all that it is and all that it can be. Now, but well into the future, I'm very proud of the progress that Smith Falls has made in this last term of council, and it's been a privilege to be part of that. The knowledge and perspective afforded me through my experiences in the government, small business, and the corporate sector, as well as through volunteerism and my previous terms as town councillor. I believe you provide a knowledge base and experience that I hope you will consider valuable to Smith Falls as a member of Council of 2236. Thank you. All right, thanks very much, everybody. We have a number of questions, so we'll go through those. I'd like you to limit your answers to a minute, if you would, so that everybody can have a chance. We received a number of uh, written questions from the public, and almost half of them were on the same issue, and it's an issue which has already been mentioned by a number of the candidates. So the first question, and I I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I think it's obviously on people's mind. Are you in favor of replacement of Confederation Bridge, and what kind of replacement do you support? Pedestrian, mixed pedestrian bicycle, or pedestrian automobile? So a number of you have had a chance. Uh, Who'd like to start off? All right, Karen. I'll just answer. I think what everybody wants to know is about the design. I want it to be vehicles and pedestrians. Steve? My answer is exactly the same. I want a pedestrian bridge and a vehicle park cross. Chris McGuire. Uh, I'll mix it up. As when I was on the Heritage Committee, we followed. We've been following this file for a long time, and the existing bridge is rotted apart. It needs to come down, and the area needs to be cleaned up. Unfortunately, since we first did the study four years ago, study, study, studies, uh, the price has gone up exponentially. My priority for that area of town is the water treatment plant first and foremost. 
uh, because it uh, it could generate tax revenue. Second's the water tower. Everybody takes a picture in front of it. Third is the bridge. When we have hundreds of millions of dollars of assets in our asset management plan past their useful life, I don't know that it's responsible to dump the money into the bridge. When we've got assets past their useful life, they're on the verge of failing. And we need to replace those assets, and the asset management plan is the map for that. I'm in favor of closing Confederation Drive and extending Strathcona Avenue uh, all the way to Mill Road. I don't think that a road should be going through our park. It is a hot button. Peter. I would like to see a crossing at Confederation Bridge, but uh, I too want to see what the developer wants to do with the former water treatment plant and how that bridge could fit into the plans. Uh, there should be a crossing there. I'm not, I have to wait and see the costs and what that developer wants to do because, as uh, Mr. McGuire just said, that's a huge revenue generator if we get that water treatment plant developed properly. So, a crossing, yes, uh, depending on the costs and depending on what that developer wants. Thank you. Yes. Jennifer. Thank you. So Confederation Bridge needs to be replaced. My take is similar to Councillor McKenna's in that we need to find out what the bigger picture is that the current developer would like to see in that area and try to have a cohesive approach to that area. I also struggle with uh, creating a vehicular shortcut that would bypass our downtown and our beautiful little businesses. I see many of our small business owners here. And um, and so uh, I would like um, the uh, water treatment plant vision uh, in front of us before the decision is made about what type of crossing it is. Jamie? Something I think we should speak about as well. Uh, we haven't even seen the amount of traffic on the main on Beckwith since the completion of the of the renovations, and we did do a major upgrade on Abbott Street to make a dedicated right-hand turn lane. So, in all fairness, I think we need to to see what the traffic is going to like look like when the street is actually fully complete before we we make a final decision on this as well. That should be considered. Uh, Linda, Linda Bradford. As I had said in my speech, I spent a long time with emails, phone calls. I do have an answer that we can have the bridge that we want. Exactly the same. I have with me financial quotes. I have sold to our professionals in Smith It can be done, and it is very affordable. The cost to us will be, well, it's hard to say because the bridge has to be taken down that's there, and then it has to be built. But if any, but I'm only allowed a few minutes, but if anybody wants to see me after, I have the quotes with me and I have the company that we'll be dealing with. Thank you. Wendy Alford. Thank you, Paul. Um, I think we are all very nostalgic about that bridge. Um, uh, I certainly do. But I think we have to be realistic about what we can do. We own the bridge. So funding from other levels of governments may not be involved and may not be available. The bridge is not on the asset management plan which determines priorities for critical infrastructure. To replace what is there now currently, and this is before, this is just now, never mind, declining prices. The, the price tag for a vehicular pedestrian bridge right now is 20, uh, 3.2 million. We know from traffic counts prior to uh, it being closed, Beckham Street had about 27,000 and Confederation had only 1,000 a day. 
Um, I believe the best chance we have to put a bridge over the river is the most cost-effective one. Right now, that is it appears to be a pedestrian bridge, and it is coming around in at one million. That would have to be budgeted and funded potentially from reserves or an increase to taxes that no one really wants. Um, given all that, I believe the future of Falls would be better served by a pedestrian bridge. Uh, last one, Jay. Thank you very much. Uh, I think I was unequivocal in my uh, opening statement, and uh, and you know it's about the priorities of my community. In my community, the priority is to rebuild that bridge and have vehicles go across it. Uh, I, I don't know where the three point two came from. We had a report in July that the the Cologne Bridge was two point eight, as I understand it. And yes, it's more expensive than a pedestrian, but but did I mention? that we did $17 million of capital work last year, $17 million. So there's a will, there's a way. I spoke to someone on George Street yesterday, and they asked about their doing their street. I said, well, it's on the list, but if we did the bridge, it might have to be moved back. She said, I'll move that back any time to get that bridge done. I think it's the will of the community, and I'm going to stand behind it. Very interesting. All right, next question. This is a fairly long one. The, the Perth and Smith Falls Di District Hospital is the most important health facility in our community and one of the largest employers. Local contributions are key to the survival of the hospital. The vast majority of medical equipment, including beds that the doctors and nurses touch, does not come from the government. In spite of the generous contributions of residents, the cost of equipping the hospital with modern life-saving equipment continues to increase. Recently, most of the local and county municipalities served by the hospital have been making annual contributions to the hospital to support key needs. Will you support the continue, continuing effort? Let Peter go and then Karen. Oh, sir. The short answer is yes. Uh, when Four years ago, I did want the province to step up and start to pay more of the capital costs. But until they actually change those rules, local municipalities and local citizens have to do the fundraising and, and uh, support the hospital. So yes, and please support the telethon next week on Lake 88 to support our local hospitals. Yes, Karen. My answer is also yes, um, but I believe that we do that within our budget I wouldn't want to see taxes raised to do that. But I think because of COVID, we've all come to realize just how important our health care facilities are. So, yes, I support it. Steve Robinson. As a former member of the Board of Directors, I'm well aware that the uh, hospital is not funded for equipment and relying mostly on donations. I would be in full support of um, us continuing with uh, supporting the hospital. Okay. And Joanne, you... I totally support our hospital, and uh, well, it's very concerning when our patients have to go to Brockville to deliver their babies. So I think it's very important to support our, our hospitals, and, uh, well, and we should be there for our hospital, even though the government, our provincial government, is not funding a lot of our, our needs. Okay. Chris McGuire. Yeah, I support it too. It's, uh, it hasn't been controversial in Smith Falls, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. I hope it's not controversial in the future. I think it's great how when we look at the services our hospital is providing today, there's things that we never would have imagined 20 years ago. So it, um, 
we need to keep supporting it. It shows with COVID how important it is. Trish, and then Wendy. Sorry, there we go. I've birthed three of my children there. I definitely support all that we can do with our hospital and uh, fundraisers. And as Peter said, do the telephone. And Wendy, then Chance. Yeah, of course I support the hospital. It never has it been more important than in the last three years. Right now, council has devoted and budgeted uh, just under $175,000 as our contribution, as the town's contribution um, to that effort, and uh, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Thank you. And Chance? As with everyone else, I'm absolutely all right with supporting the hospitals. We should do that. It's a, it's a no-brainer. We need to take care of our people. Uh, we need to take care of each visitors here in town. So that's an easy expenditure or save some money. But it's also an interesting thing I was talking about us needing to uh, support our neighbors and our fellow citizens. We have plenty of support groups in town and not-for-profit uh, social clubs that do dinners and these sorts of things, put money back into these same sort of support mechanisms that have become less attentive, less volunteered as years have gone. We forgot, maybe, about how useful and how much they've done for us in the past. And this is just one instance where I think we should all remember all the good they can do as well, in addition to what the council can do for We can always do a little more. All right, I'm going to go Linda, then Jennifer, and then we'll move on. Linda? Yes. I, I, I'm with Chance. It's, it's kind of, we're all, we all can say that we're really going to support our hospital because we all use it. So if there's anything they need, um, I used to be on the hospital board and I used to be on with the uh, Women's Auxiliary as their president and vice president for years. So I know how much we made for money for uh, having yard sales, big sales, and everything. Yes. And each doctor is probably very thankful for the stuff that they need. Thank you. And finally, Jennifer. Thank you. I, too, support an annual donation to our hospital for their equipment needs. I have an uncle in ICU across the road tonight, and it's the equipment uh, that's keeping him with us. And um, uh, with that not being funded by other levels of government, we all need to do our part. Thank you. Thank you. I, I should have reversed that question and said, do any of you have the nerve not to support the hospital? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. Next one. Will you work to achieve an arrangement whereby the Smith Falls Recreation Department can operate a swimming program for the children and other citizens of Smith Falls at the pool at the Gallipool Center? I will tell you, I was first on council in 1980, and it was an issue back then. Here we are 40-odd years later. All right. Who would like to handle this one? Jamie. Again, we're going to have to discuss transportation. It's not a safe place for kids to walk or ride their bikes out there before that's even discussed. We've got to talk about how we get them out there. Jay, then Jennifer. Yeah, the uh, Gallipole Center pool is closed. And uh, for me, I have Jay, no... Jay, speak into the Oh, sorry. The, the uh, Gallipole Center pool is closed. And uh, for me, as municipal, I have no uh, appetite to, uh, to get it go down that road. Uh, pools are very, very expensive, and uh, I think we have enough on our plates. So. Okay. All right, Trish. 
I volunteered when we were doing the YMCA. I was a part of the the initiative back then. I support getting a pool. Uh, I hear it on the transportation because I couldn't let my kid drive. So we have to work on transportation and figure out a pool in Smith Falls. Okay. And Wendy? Similar to my colleague, Councilor Brennan, um, we did invest, the town did invest, uh, I think around $100,000 several years ago in that pool, in a private business. I did not agree with it then, nor would I agree with that now. Again, at Council, you only have one vote, but I don't believe that that is, um, is where our money needs to be spent. And we've always talked about so many other um, Thank you. Yeah. Chris, you wanted to say something? Thanks. Um, I was disappointed the Parks and Recreation Master Plan we just completed didn't address the pool, so we really don't have any good information to go on. Um, but that being said, we're, we're a growing community. I think as we grow, we need to look at, you know, when we cross that 10,000 mark, maybe we need to do a business plan, a feasibility study, but we need to know our information going into this. Personally, I would prefer if there was a grassroots group from the community, same as the Curling and Squash Club that wanted to take this on and build it and raise the money for it, and the town can make it as easy as possible for them to operate. I think that would be ideal because it keeps it off, uh, keeps it off our books and it, it would bring a pool to town. And Steve? Excuse me. I would be in favor of a pool, providing that it was cost effective. And over the years, uh, it has proven to me that it is not cost effective because they haven't succeeded every time they've tried. So therefore, I I couldn't support it. That's it. Okay, Chance, fi final uh, answer. At least in terms of financially viable, I'm not necessarily sure a pool would be the right thing to go about doing. When we have a river that how many of us learn swimming? Maybe some money into some lifeguards that used to be there and ensure that kids are safe down on the water, that any of the water equipment that's put in is destroyed, and then yes, that another generation can learn to swim a week. Okay, thank you. Another hot button issue. What are your thoughts on inviting a proposal from the from the OPP to change our policing? I, sh I should have asked the audience. You guys don't need to say anything. <laughs> All right, who'd like to handle that one? Jennifer. So I'm in support of uh, asking the OPP for costing. Uh, I think that's the responsible thing to do when it's such a large chunk of our uh, annual budget. Um, I think one of the caveats is we need to ensure that we get the same level of service that we're experiencing now and compare apples to apples. Steve? As some of you know, and many of you may not, um, if I'm elected, I won't be able to participate in debate or vote on police services costing because of a perceived conflict of interest. My daughter-in-law is the deputy chief. So as a result of this, I don't think it would be prudent for me to share my thoughts or my knowledge on this matter. Thanks. Thank you. Karen. I did some research and did a comparison of the police budget between Smith Falls and Carlton Place. Um, ours is a little more than double of that of Carlton Place. What I couldn't find any information on, though, was the satisfaction um, of the residents of Carlton Place. Were they satisfied with the police service and the police presence? 
I, I want us, I would like us to approach the police board and ask them if they can find a way to reduce their budget. If they can't do that, then I am in favor of an OPP costing. But I'd also like to know how the residents of Smith Falls feel when it comes to security. Like there's more that plays into this than just the money end of it, for me anyways. Okay, uh, I'll go Wendy, Linda, Jamie. Thank you. I think uh, this is the fifth time that uh, OPD costing has been brought up. In previous discussions, it, what it boiled down to is that Smith Falls wouldn't know how much the OPP was actually going to cost until we disbanded our force. The other pieces of information that are pertinent and of concern is the level of service that they could provide. The OPP doesn't offer community policing, which is currently what we have. There is a basic OPP model, and then municipalities can choose from a menu of other services. Officers are not designed, uh, assigned to any specific municipality, and currently SFPS uniform staff salaries are 97% of what OPP salaries. The potential of having to invest capitally into a new building is very possible. That was six or seven years ago that we had the last uh, report come back um, when it was investigated last time, and maybe it's time to reach out to the OPP and see if anything's changed. But I would prefer to see that there be public consultations on what lesser level of service our residents would find acceptable in order to save money in business. Thank you, Wendy, Linda, and then Jamie. Yes, I think what needs to be done at the new council um, will sit and look at all the budget of both uh, and, and compare them on what's, what you get and what you don't get. And if... Um, I'm basically worried that, like everybody else up here, probably it would be for uh, the safety of everybody in Smith Hall. That is the main concern, is be able to get the police and we need them and they're there. But we, I would like to see it being looked at both sides. Thank you. Jamie, and then Chris, and then Jay was just touched on by, by Wendy there. Um, I spoke with Peter the other day. I'm not sure if it was six or seven years or ten years, but it's been a number of years since we've had a, a cost analysis done, and I'm completely in support of having that done and making that very public and putting it to, to proper public debate so we, we can all decide collectively. Right. And Chris? Thanks. Um, yeah, the police costings, it's, it's very complicated, and it's easy to compare to neighboring municipalities, but there's a lot of variables on service and how busy our police force is compared to other municipalities. Our mental health services, we're getting seven days a week, seven to seven, uh, with a mental health nurse right now for those kind of calls. All of those things are extremely important to me and to have that service in our community. That being said, I'm not afraid of data, and my first priority is affordability. So I think it's the right thing to do to get a costing. It gives us a baseline. Um, but when we think about it, it's going to take a year of the budget to put this into the budget. It's going to take another year or two to do it. By the time we actually get these numbers, it's going to be very close to 2026. And, you know, maybe this is an election issue in 2026. Maybe the costing comes back and it actually isn't going to save any money when we account for the building and the cost of all the other services. But um, to have that number as a baseline, I think it would be good to have more data in that area. Okay. And then Chance. Yeah, uh, you know, we know the police budget is is uh, is one of our biggest expenditures, and uh, it's it's that for a reason. And I was there uh, six or seven years ago when we went through this. And uh, the problem with with uh, asking them for a costing, you don't get a true costing uh, 
until your police force has been disbanded. So, you know, the risk is there. So it, it's, a, it's a matter of what the citizens of Smith Falls want in terms of service. Is, is, is less service more uh, palpable if it's less money? Uh, so, of course, you know, uh, we could ask them again and see if anything's changed. However, uh, I've got to agree with, with uh, my colleague, Wendy. Uh, it, it is, uh, it's, a, it's a matter of service and what's palpable to you people. And uh, I think that we're well served. Is it expensive? Absolutely. Uh, is it worth it? I think it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, that would be up to, to the people. So I'm open to, to talking to them again, but I'm not willing. What I'm not willing to do is disband a police force and, uh, and then find out what the cost is. Thank you, Jay. Chance. It's pretty much in on this one. We, we need the numbers, and we'd be irresponsible to not get those numbers. It's not a small amount of money, but I share the same fears as other people. We have to disband that police. We do that, we pull the trigger on, we don't get back, and then we're stuck with something that costs us more. So uh, another way to do this might be looking at other ways to make that money go further for us if we're not happy with that. Right? Maybe we look at special constables. Maybe we look at diversifying some of those wages into you know, drug and alcohol counseling, perhaps, or different areas where we might have need to get more bang for your buck. But don't disband the force because we don't get it back. All right. Joanne. Um, I agree with most of the comment. I agree with most of the comments that have been done here. We have to look at the value of the service that we are also getting from our police force. Um, also, if we are able to maybe approach Montague or other communities that have the OPP involved, maybe we could split the cost and try and maybe expand our forces into uh, getting support in other communities that are close by so that we could share the cost. So that could be a possibility, but it would mean doing some research. Thank you. Okay, Okay, I'll go on to the next question, but before I do, we're being terribly efficient here. So um, we can invite questions from the audience. We'll probably have time for two or three. If you have some clever, clever question you'd like, um, I'll invite you to ask it after the next uh, question, which I'm going to ask. I do reserve the right to um, rule a question out of order, if, that, if everybody's good with that. We did have an incident at our last all-candidates meeting, so I'd like to avoid that. So if you want to think about a question you may wish to ask, uh, you can do that in the next couple of minutes. All right, next question. Tax rates in Smith Falls are notoriously high. What's being done and what can be done to help the taxpayer? Chris? Thanks, Paul. So you're correct. Tax rates are notoriously high but our property tax assessments are notoriously low. And the average tax assess- or the average bill comes from multiplying the tax rate by the average assessment. The bottom line is it takes a certain level of average bill to pay for the services that a 21st century town requires in Ontario. Uh, when we compare our average tax bill to other municipalities in eastern Ontario, Carlton Place, Perth, and neighboring municipalities, against their average assessment, we're right in the middle. 
Um, this is why I, I don't know what the inflationary pressures are going to look like in the future. We've been very lucky that all of our wage contracts have been locked in through this uh, this high inflation time. So that's really sheltered us. That's you know it's it's town staff that have really given us the ability to have that zero percent tax rate. I think we need to look at the tax bill and not the uh, the tax rate. Anybody, Peter? To lower that or to keep it under control or mitigate it, we've actually come in under 3% over four years, not just in one year, but over the four years. We've lowered our debt and we've invested wisely in our infrastructure so that uh, future people don't get hit with a large bill. We're putting money in reserve for those big bills that are coming at us over the next 5, 10, 15 years to replace this. You can't suddenly get a bill of 10 or $15 million and not have set aside some money for it. So future planning is critical. Growth is critical. And that will help keep our costs down. And we are a growing community. Thank you, Peter. Anybody else like to handle that one? Okay. Um, in the introductions by people, climate change. Apparently, there is a plan available in the town of Smith Falls. Uh, maybe one of the incumbents can answer that, and we can receive any comments from the uh, people that aren't incumbents. All right, Peter, again. Yeah, the town has uh, been working with Lanark County. We don't want to do this alone. It, it makes more sense that we collaborate on our climate mitigation or climate action. And there, we are, uh, are proposing a climate protection working group, uh, working between the town and Lanark County. Uh, I, and I think we will do our, our best at the municipal level. We all know that this is a federal, provincial, international issue. And we also know that uh, you and your homes are, are doing the best you can to reduce your uh, carbon footprint the best you can. So I'm excited. We didn't, we didn't have a plan four years ago. This uh, work group will develop that plan. And without a plan, we wouldn't be moving forward. So I'm ready to get going on this yesterday. Thank you. Anybody else like to comment on that? Jay, are you looking? Yes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've taken some steps already. Um, now I have Alzheimer's because I can't remember the name of the company that's that done the Honeywell uh, did an energy audit o over the town. And uh, so they look for things like lighting and stuff. We we're waiting the results of that. Uh, we also, uh, we've done some low-hanging fruit things like uh, uh, making the ice a little thinner out there and save money. Uh, we've done some. We're doing renovations, as you all know, at the town hall. So that's going to save uh, uh, money in heating. Uh, you know, the staff don't have to have space heaters anymore, and we have a, an up-to-date HVAC system. So uh, we've we've started it, and we're talking about. Uh, I think the Parks and Recreation Department was talking about testing out some electric mowers and that type of thing. So as we go forward, uh, we talked about a, a vehicle the other night for uh, for the animal control. And the question was asked, did we look into an electric vehicle? Well, we did, but, it, you know, they're not available or whatever. But as we go forward, uh, I think we can do little things like that as well. Thank you, Jay. Wendy? I'm going to try not to repeat what my two colleagues said, but some of the other things that we've done is the conversion of streetlights to LEDs, which is already paying off. The storm sewer separation um, from wastewater projects like the one on Beckle Street with the plant, one on George. Um, it makes less water to be treated and saves energy. Council supported Reels shoreline planting and the food cycler pilot to, to try and get waste um, disposed of and not take to the landfills. Um, in housing developments, we've incorporated native species plantings in, uh, in 
site plans, we've budgeted 20,000 annually for new trees to be planted, and we've adopted policies that encourage diversifying housing, housing stock with multi-residential and require deep green space in developments. Um, uh, I continue to believe that we still need a site alteration policy, so as much greenery as possible is preserved preserve before developers clean off products of land. Um, just one thing to add to the, we belong to the Lanark County Climate Action Committee. We also joined the Partners for Climate Protection. Since 2017, the municipality has decreased their GHG by 3.61% and reduced energy consumption by 13.2%. It's not enough yet, but the town has made it clear that, uh, that the climate crisis is and should be a high priority. Okay, anybody else like to touch on this one? Chris. I'd like to share a good news story. We, uh, the town, through Jason Barlow at the water treatment plant, bought leak detection equipment. We used to clean two liters of water for every liter we delivered. And there's these leaks all through town. These pipes are hundreds of years old. It goes back to the failed assets. Uh, but they have these sensors. You might see them standing on the corner. They drop the line down. And based on the vibrations in the pipe, they can figure out where the leak is. So they're finding leaks that are six inches wide, two inches wide, big leaks with water coming out. So if you see the guys in the corner, that's what they're doing. I think they've got it down to 1.5 liters for two but it's the next report's coming uh, but huge good news story second thing is trees we need more trees in town and the town needs to take more responsibility for our public trees um, we don't they don't always survive we don't always plant them properly and we need to be doing a better job because the canopy today is nothing like the canopy of 50 years ago when you look at aerial photos all right Trish I took landscaping in college, so I'm a big fan of trees and plants and things that we grow that we can eat to food. So I'll support any climate programs that are going. Thank you. Okay, does anybody want to ask a, a question? All right, this gentleman in the front. Greg, you're about homeowner tax player. We bring this problem up here with the police. Personally, to the mayor and the staff right here, I don't have a problem with this police force in town. I can tell you an example and be ready for it. I don't care what it costs you. I know that the mayor and his town council controls our police force. You bring an OPP in here, you have no command or control whatsoever. They set the standards. They make the changes. But you like it or not, I'll give you an example. I lost my son killed by a drunk driver in this outside the town. The Smith Falls police bang right on the spot came to my home. Within nine minutes, they found out who he was by the hospital. It took a day for an OPP officer to come to me and identify from that moment on, I heard nothing from them, and they were not going to give me information. I wanted a biopsy done. I got it from a doctor in Ottawa through King. So I say to us all here, please keep our police force. They command and control them. If you give it to LPP, you, they're so busy right now, you ask anybody personally, camera, but LPP, they're dedicated to very well. But they don't have the time, they don't have the manpower. Okay. The police force that's controlled by this company here and the police keep Thank you. If you can change um, the comments into questions, that, that would be helpful. The gentleman over here. Yes. Okay. Just yell. You do it loud enough. <laughs> I, I have a follow-up uh, clarification for Chris and Wendy regarding trees. Wendy said $20,000 for replacement trees. How many trees does that represent? Oh, okay, sorry. 
All right, the question is, a follow-up question on trees, $20,000, how many trees does that represent? The problem is that uh, I'll have to give you a mic to ask a question because it's not going through on Kojiko. All right, Wendy? Well, the short answer is it depends on how big the trees are that we're buying. Uh, I can't give you a definite number. I know $20,000 is spent, but it depends on how, what the caliber of the tree is as to how many we might get done in the year. Right. And Chris, did you have anything to add to that? Um, it's a great question. I think the the way I like to look at it is how many of those trees are still alive in five years, 10 years, 15 years? Because the maintenance that we put into those trees in the first 15 to 20 years of their life, A, can mostly be done from the ground with snips, but it really defines how that tree is going to grow, if it's going to split and crack, or if it's going to be there for 100, 150, 200 years. So, um, you know, the amount we're spending is nice. It's a start, but we really need to do more in the follow-up and the maintenance and making sure that they, they turn into huge old growth trees in the future. Thank you. Uh, Dave, you had a question. I'm going to have you ask it into the mic. I have um, a severe concern regarding the sewage surcharge, which was uh, promised to be equal to the water bill, and it is not now. And we also noticed that the amount that is being dedicated to the cost of operating the uh, sewage plant is far less than the sewage surcharge collected. In other words, the town is reaping a benefit off the backs of the water payers. Thank you. Anybody like to handle that? Chris, you have too much to say. Is anybody else? Uh... <laughs> All right. I'll go ahead with you, um, Karen. I'll, go, I'll come back to you, Chris. It's all right. I can't answer that question as to what the solution is, but I will tell you that I did compare water bills between Carlton Place and Smith Falls. For a family of five in Carlton Place who had an in-ground pool in their backyard, their average bill, they're billed every three months, and it's a flat rate. Um, but monthly, their bill would be $96.44. I compared that to a family of four in Smith Falls who had a pool in their backyard, and their monthly bill average was $150 a month. So it, it is quite a difference. Thank you. Peter, were you going to comment? Sure. Sure. We, we talked about the, these wonderful assets that we have, the water treatment plant and the wastewater plant, and they're going to need to be replaced. And we're building up the reserves on top of that for the surcharges. It, it, it's an expensive, and it's going to get more expensive. Water is a very precious resource. And we have to pay for it. The larger, if we were 20,000 people, our costs would go down because you would spread that out over. It costs, there's a base amount to do, deliver this service. And if we had more people coming in, the cost will go down over time. All right, Chris. So right now, our sewer and water bills aren't fully funding what it costs to produce the water and, and treat it afterwards. Um, there's not a profit being made off it. And the reason why the bills are going up is because the, the province has mandated that we do full cost recovery. Now, every municipality in Ontario isn't moving forward with that at the same rate, so that's why we see these big discrepancies. But in a town like Carlton Place, there's a significant chunk of the municipal taxes subsidizing the water and sewer rates. So whether it comes in your water bill where you see it every two months and it has a little more pain because it's more evident, or if it's hidden in that three grand or you know whatever you're paying in your tax assessment, 
um, it's still there and there's only one taxpayer. So I think I, I support full cost recovery with the sewer and water. I think it's the only reason, the only way that we really see what, what it costs and what it spends in any other way. We're hiding the bill in, in a bigger bill. Um, I would support taking the full cost recovery, swapping it over, decreasing the tax bills by the equal amount so that it's all, it's all clean and then we meet our provincial mandate. Uh, but politically, there's never been a will for that, so we just slowly keep transferring the fees over. But it's there's definitely, I think it was in the figure of around 100, 100 to 200 grand last year. Thank, thank you. Um, Jay, Jay, were you going to comment? Uh, that's a, you know, I hear this all the time. And, and uh, you know, the fact is, um, over the last number of years, the water bills have gone up. Uh, and they've gone up under the rate of inflation. But uh, Chris is right. The uh, the uh, pr province is asking municipalities to move to full cost recovery. Uh, we've been moving that direction, I think, maybe too fast. But the fact of the matter is we have to pay for the services. One of the most important services we provide you people. Uh, clean water is uh, vital. And uh, we have the infrastructure to do that. And it does cost money. And uh, so... Uh, there's, you know, it, it, it's you pay from one pocket or the other pocket, pocket as Chris said. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm always sensitive to to what's coming out of your pocket, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, we have to pay for the service that we provide you. And, and Wendy, just maybe I'm not going to repeat um, what my colleagues. I agree with them, and I and I have the same knowledge that they do about this. Um, I think the only most realistic solution to high water rates is to be able to spread, spread the cost out amongst more people. So our recent housing boom can certainly assist that, assist over time with that. But it's like Peter said, it costs the same amount to produce water in, water out in a town of 10,000 as it does in a town of 20,000. So those things are probably not going to go away anytime soon, although more people will help mitigate the, the, the impact of those water rates. Okay, thank you. You may be interested to know that people in the country don't have a water bill, but in fact, there's thought being given that they have to pay for the water they're taking out of the ground as it's a community resource. So wait till that one hits the uh, fan. You call the lawyer, yes. Um, <laughs> any, any other questions? From, yes, ma'am. Oh, hang on. My question would relate to zoning bylaws. I'm in complete understanding that we need lower rental units in our town. But when zoning bylaws are made, they're made for reasons. And structures are being built on properties that are far too small for the structures. People have no place to put their snow, so they're plowing it out in the middle of the road. There's no green space for children to play. And the structures that are being built do not suit the area that they're being built in. So you have an older settled area and structures are being built that just don't fit in. They stand out like a sore thumb. Then the contractors can build on the property and they neglect to follow the zoning bylaws and we got a oops we got less space than we figured on having. I would like to hear anybody's idea on what can be done about this. All right, somebody who hasn't addressed it. 
the most recent questions. Any of uh, any clever thoughts on this? Chance. It may not necessarily answer your question exactly the way that you were hoping I could do it, but I apologize for that in advance. Uh, but in terms of finding more places to house it, it's kind of what we're trying to do with the different side. I would actually kind of like to see us stop building multi-story apartment buildings and go back to building a neighborhood of wartime homes. It's not necessarily wartime homes now, but they suited the need that they provide an area for families, they provide a green space, there was room to grow. And that's as clear as we need it. We need room for our families to grow. We need new green canopy. Do we need another gigantic stone box in the middle of the town? where people have been on top of each other. I don't really think that we do. There's still more questions to be answered to figure that out, how that would actually work in the modern age. But I think that might be a direction to go. Thank you. Anybody else, any thoughts on that? No, any? Peter, you're looking, uh, you've always got something to say. <laughs> I think that's one of the best questions of the night. It's it's an excellent question. And it points out the, just exactly the predicament we're in with the demand for more affordable housing, which is right across the country. And at the same time, established neighborhoods saying, gee, this is going to really change things for me and my uh, my community. And the answer is yes. So it's to, it's you're trying to walk this fine line between keeping those neighborhoods rich and vibrant with room, and at the same time making sure all the infill and going up is a really cost-effective way to go. And I, you're going to see more going up taller uh, because it just has to be the way the costs are. So I, there is, it, it, you're always trying to find that right balance. And if, if someone's not following the zoning properly or if they've cutting corners, then I know our staff will want to reach out and find out what's going on. And they do follow up on every site and they'll try to correct anything that they, that the developer has done wrong. But we've got excellent development in this town, a a variety of developers and everybody's trying to find the right balance, but it's difficult. I hear you. I think, again, that's one of the best questions and it's not going away. We're going to have to keep finding neighborhoods that work and, and finding a good mix for the, People need affordable housing. So I, I don't have an easy answer. It's just, I'm here. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, I'll do one more question from the audience, sir. My name is Jim Oaks. I live here in Smith Falls. Pay taxes just like that guy. Uh, I did 36 years in policing. I'll tell you that right now. I'm retired from it. I'll tell you that I have seen OPP take over jurisdictions. I was with the uh, Police Association of Ontario when it was being done, and I saw, and this isn't denigrating the OPP officers who work there, all right? This is about their organization. Their organizations come in, and I have a question at the end. Their organizations come in, they take over your policing. They don't always take all of your police officers. They weed out some that they think may have had disciplinary issues, but they don't, guarantee, they, they don't guarantee you that they will not put their officers who have disciplinary issues in your community. The other thing that they don't guarantee you is they don't guarantee you a service delivery model. That means how much response time they will tolerate or you will tolerate because they can't. The OPP today is suffering from the same thing that all police services in the province of Ontario and internationally are suffering from. 
And I know this because I've taught internationally in policing. Short staffing. Okay, the question is, and I heard only one person say it, will there be complete public discourse on this issue, or will it be held in camera and then a recommendation come out? And there was only one of you that said, yes, let's go for costing, who said, but we need public discourse. We need uh, uh, people to talk about this, to get the real facts in the community. So are you all committed to the public discourse on this issue? Thank you. Thank you. Did you want to do it? Jennifer. Yes, I'm committed to public discourse on all issues that get discussed and uh, that are shareable. Um, and I think that... Um, Excuse me, sir. Go ahead, Jennifer. So, so yes, I'm in favor of public uh, sharing on, on the OPP costing. Any, anybody else like to comment on that? Okay, I'll go down here. Um, Linda, you go ahead. And then Trish. That's what I meant by it. The first of my speech is that we need honesty and transparency because you are the bosses. You're the ones that should be making the decisions and we have to work for you. You don't work for us. Yeah. And Trish, then Wendy. I, I agree that we need to look at the budget, we need to look at all the aspects, and we need to make it public and, and get the, the people involved to make sure all aspects are, you know, I want to know that the cops are going to show up when they call them, but I don't want to pay them a fortune either, so I hear you. And Wendy? Yeah, I, I don't know about paying a fortune, but um, with regard to the police, I definitely, and I I think I said we need to have a full public consultation on disbanding the police force. That's a huge decision. But I also want to correct one thing that was said in that there are only five reasons that council can go in camera. Only five. Identifiable people are being talked about or you're in negotiations for a, uh, in a contract where it wouldn't be in municipal's best interest for the guy who wants to buy it or sell it to know about it. There are only five reasons that you can legally go in camera. So in terms of transparency or lack thereof, everything we do is in front of council. It's recorded. There are minutes. There are people with legislative authority to make sure that we don't talk about anything in camera that can't be talked about in camera. So in terms of transparency at council, well, it's all there. Thank you, Wendy. Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, the incumbents have an advantage on a number of these. Was it, was it important? <laughs> All right. Uh, the incumbents do have an advantage here. So I thought what we might do, I did have another question, and I'm just going to ask the people that are running for the first time, starting with Steve, um, just to indicate again uh, the volunteer work you've done and... Um, the, the groups you've been interested in? Well, the volunteer work that I've done has been mostly the, uh, basically all of it was with the Perth and Smith Falls Hospital when I was, uh, when I was working. Um, I was there for three years and uh, got my eyes open considerably. But uh, uh, I 
am not uninterested in, in volunteer work. It's just it's never never seemed to. I haven't been able to uh, slot the time in, or that was my excuse. However, now I don't have any excuses, so I can slot as much time into uh, volunteering as I as I need to. Thank you, and Jamie. Again, I don't have a, sorry, a lot of practical experience in volunteering, but I know every year at my business I make a donation to the food bank. We, we donate food regularly for a number of the restaurants I've worked in town. We've, we've done charitable events, and, and that's kind of how I volunteer. Okay. And Joanne? Um, during COVID, I had an opportunity to deliver food through the food bank, to uh, and it lasted a whole year. And that's where I got to learn a lot about food security in our community. I also was involved with the Legion doing the bagged lunch, and I also did that for a year before I was pulled away and went had to go back to, to work. <laughs> so um, I do volunteer in our community. Um, I was... I mentioned that I'm very concerned and passionate about our seniors in our community. And I was speaking with Bud at the uh, senior uh, building. And whether or not that I am part of this uh, council, I do plan to volunteer at the, uh, the center because they do amazing work. And he was mentioning that they need volunteers. So I said, I will be there to meet with you and see how I can help you. Thank you. Jennifer. So before and after my time as a paid staff with Big Brothers Big Sisters, I was on their board of directors, so that would be my charity of choice, and I don't think that's a surprise to anyone who knows me. I'm also uh, very active with our church. I've been on the board of directors there. I ran the Sunday school for 10 years. Um, I'm currently on the uh, ministry and personnel committee, and I'm working with um, a food security uh program here um, where we're looking at more food out outreach programs for Smith Falls. So uh, I keep busy. Thank you. Karen. My first volunteer experience was many years ago. I was a teenager at the Reader Regional Center in Smith Falls. Um, since then, I volunteered with the organization I work for right now, which is Community Living Association of Lanark County. And I believe you asked what we would be interested in, what committees. I would really like to be part of the Housing Advisory Committee. Thank you. Trish? Uh, I started volunteering at 12 at the um, uh, law office, the animal shelter, uh, and I've volunteered throughout the years. Uh, more recently, in the last uh, 17 years, I was the publicity leader at the mop, local MOPS chapter and then ventured out to create my own nighttime MOPS chapter because I felt we had a need in Smith's Falls, not out the highway, um, for the moms in our community. Uh, recently, off the books, I've been helping with the arts culture. Sheldon Gift loops me in every time because I'm a sucker for all art and anything. He says, come do this with me. Thank you. Oh, and the, Linda. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, I joined the arts culture uh, and the uh, housing and the accessibility are my three. Sorry, Trish. Okay. Linda? I have a long list because it's over 40 years plus. I started at the Lamplighters. Give us the short with the bears. Give us the short one. <laughs> <laughs> Lamplighters, bears. No, this is just the 10 I got. 
Lamplighters, Bears. Um, I ran the Terry Fox Drive in Smith Falls for 10 years, Hospital Auxiliary, Hospital and Guard, Jewels, Salvation Army, March of Dimes, Heart and Stroke, and the list goes on. Hmm. Thank well, you, Linda. All my choice is the Salvation Army, Perth, and Smith Falls. It gives back 97% to our community out of all they do. They're just a wonderful, wonderful group. Thank you. Chance? Well, I said before that a lot of people don't necessarily support the social clubs and those kind of things. I'm happy to be wrong that everyone sitting up and down here does. Uh, so I'm the bad guy here. Um, I need to volunteer more. And that's part and parcel as to why it's an important aspect to me. Because these are uh, parts of the community that I know my grandmother was heavily involved in. And I'm not. And I need to change that. And I think there's probably at least a few people out there too. And if I can get out and do that and cause at least one or two more people to follow me with it, we're, we're doing good. Uh, as opposed to what, uh, what boards I would like to end up on if I could, I'd like to use my security background to try and help out with the police service board and housing advisory. Thank you. Okay, next thing on the agenda. Uh, everybody has one and a half minutes uh, to give a final summation. All right, and Wendy, you went last, so you go first. And we'll work our way this way. I feel like I was first already. Um, uh, there's only a limited amount of time for each candidate in a format like this, and, and um, I could have shared much more. I could have talked about much more, many more things. But if anybody has any questions or concerns they'd like me to address, then please reach out to me by phone, email, or through Facebook. Um, if you want to have a coffee and a chat, I'd be thrilled to meet you. Um, I've done several meet and greets, uh, and there are more being planned. And so if you prefer that avenue, um, maybe you could attend one of those. I want to thank the Chamber of Commerce and our moderator, Paul Howard, for this opportunity to speak to all of you tonight and to your TV, who are broadcasting tonight's All Candidates meeting. Thanks to all of you that attended, in person or you're watching it at home. Voting is a privilege that many people don't have. Um, please make sure that you're on the voters list. And if, if you're not, then Town Hall can assist you. Voting this year is by phone and internet. If you need help with that, the Help Centre at the Town Hall can help you. But whatever you do, please vote on October 24th. Actually, you have from between the 14th and the 24th to vote. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, I hope everybody realizes that six people will be elected and there will be 13 people on the ballot. So you'll, you'll be able to tick off six names. Oh, oh, yes, you're right. There'll be 14 people on the ballot because Chris Samir will still be on the ballot. Yes, that's right. Chance. I planned for the first two minutes. I forgot about this portion. Uh, it's probably better that way, though, because realistically, I still couldn't cram all of the issues that I want to talk about that all of you probably want to talk about into a minute and a half. Nor could anybody up here manage to get them all. So I'm going to echo Wendy and say that if there's anything that you want to talk about, if there's anything that you feel hasn't been addressed that needs to, come find any one of us, but especially come find me, please. So then we can talk about it, and I can try and address some of those issues for you. Because as many ideas as I have as to how we could work as a council, it really only matters if those ideas came from you. Not from me. I can just try and get in one direction or the other. Thank you, Chance. Linda. Thank you. If I have the privilege to be being on council, I'm going to have to work hard to get your trust. I promise that I will always have your best interest in anything I do. 
I promise that I will help, always help you answer the phone, the emails, anything. We'll find an answer. I will always remember what is the most important is I work for you. You don't work for me. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Trish. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Chance. I forgot about the last half, too. Um, and even with three before me, nervous and flustered, I don't think I got enough uh, public speaking training in school. Or I missed that class, either or. Um, too much time at Dibley's Quarries. If you ask anyone who knows me, when you call me to say, hey, I've got to move, or hey, I need to go to the grocery store, or hey, can you, I'm there. So I'm here, and hopefully you'll vote. We have a lot of great candidates, so hopefully you vote and pick a few good ones. Thank you. Karen. Tonight's debate was an opportunity to get to know a little more about the candidates. We had some very, very good questions tonight, some hard questions. Four years ago, I attended the all-candidates debate at Settlers Ridge Centre. I listened to what each candidate had to say and was confident that I was making informed choices when I voted. I was wrong. I am urging everyone to take the time to ask the candidates the questions that weren't asked tonight. Don't assume that you know how a candidate will vote on an issue. Don't leave here tonight wishing that you would have asked us something. I will be sticking around after the debate and will be happy to answer your questions. I have extra campaign brochures if anybody is interested. Thank you so much for attending, and please remember to tell all your friends and family to be sure to vote. Thank you, Karen. Peter. Uh, well, thank you again for coming, and uh, thank my fellow colleagues up here. You've done a great job tonight. I really appreciate your interest in our town. Uh, I guess on a, I'm a very serious person with a sense of humor and a lot of empathy. Uh, but I'm worried uh, over the next, one of the reasons, I wasn't going to run again. This was a bridge to retirement. I thought I could contribute to my community. I believe I have. But I'm concerned about both internationally, nationally, and in Ontario, the uh, inflation, the climate crisis, the turmoil, the debt that both federal and provincial governments have taken on in the world economy is in difficulty. So I'm, I was getting a little worried about my grandkids and my town, and I thought, uh, I have experience, I have common sense, I work together, I listen, and I do think a steady hand at council, whoever you choose, uh, we're in for a rough, difficult four years, and I would like to be part of that in helping uh, guide our town through that. And so that's why I'm running. And uh, I look forward to working with everybody on this. And if, you're, if I'm not elected, I will contribute on any of the committees the town needs. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Karen. Jennifer. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Paul, despite that. Um, and thank you to the Chamber of Commerce, to Sean and Corey from your TV. I appreciate that. And for all of you for coming out tonight. Um, it must be a long night sitting here, but your engagement is very encouraging. I want to make a difference in this community. I love this town, and I want to see it continue to grow and prosper along with the people who live and work here, including myself. I want to see new residents, and I want to see them uh, appreciate how beautiful and strong Smith Falls is and I want to help them be more engaged in our community. I want to serve as a bridge between our business community and the municipality. Through my work for the town, I form strong relationships with local businesses, 
and I'm hoping to continue to support them in my role as a counselor. I want to see Smith Falls continue to grow and develop to reach its full potential. My experience as a municipal employee, a leader in a successful not-for-profit organization, and my work in the private sector has given me quite unique insight into this town. That range of experience has taught me how to ensure that we continue to grow and develop into one of the most sought-after communities in Eastern Ontario. I would ask all of you listening here and at home tonight to vote for me in the upcoming election. I have rat cards on the table for those of you here. My contact information is there, and I would like you to reach out if you have any questions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. Sorry about the name. Uh, Joanne. First and most, I would like to thank everybody. Sorry. First and most, I would like to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Um, This is my first rodeo, so I'm a little bit nervous, but my heart is in this community. I volunteer in the community, and I want to see affordable housing, transportation barriers, food security, and senior support are all things that I believe that we need in our community to work together to make sure that we can meet our our residents' uh, um, our residents. Um, I will work hard and I will do everything that I can to to be the voice of everyone. Sorry. <laughs> everyone and hear everybody's input because like most of us have said, the people that matters the most are you and we are here to represent you and to make sure that your needs are being met. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. Jay. Thank you, Paul, and thank you to the Chamber for hosting this and for your TV to be here. Uh, This is not my first rodeo at this, and as always, the Chamber and you, Paul, have done an excellent job, and thank you to all the people that came. It's always a packed house, which is encouraging. And I want to say something to my fellow candidates. Uh, I want to thank you for your interest. It's not easy doing this, and uh, after two years of doing... uh, COVID screen Zoom meetings, uh, it, it was a challenge, but I enjoyed it. I think we covered a lot of ground. I think we could have gone probably for another three hours uh, with, with the issues that you have, but I really appreciate hearing the different views of, of my, uh, my colleagues that are running for council. Uh, I've, been, uh, I've been blessed to be able to be on council for a number of years, and uh, I, I enjoy it. I think that I can make a difference in this town. I'm very optimistic uh, about the future, and uh, I know that I can still make a contribution, so I ask your vote uh, between October 14th and October 24th. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Jamie. Thank you. Thank you, Paul, for moderating. Um, first of all, everyone up here should be proud of effort they've put in so far and excited about everything that remains to come. I wish all of you the very best of luck. Uh, just a couple things I want to touch up on. I'm going to go off script here. We, we've talked about affordable housing. I think a uh, we have to talk about some practical ways of getting that done. One of them would be looking at converting garages into functional housing. It sounds a little extreme, but uh, there's a lot of people here with big garages set back from the home. There's going to be a lot of challenges and hurdles to get through that, but with, with some work from the town council and some understanding, I think that's that's really a viable solution to some of our housing issues. And just one thing, because I live right there, we need a crosswalk somewhere on Abbott and Strathcone. It's a dangerous intersection, and that needs to be addressed by the town. Thank you, everybody, for the time.
Thank you. Steve. Thanks, Paul. Uh, I would like to add that transparency and openness to listen are two of my goals. I feel that council should listen to and weigh the merits of public opinion before making major decisions. This also means, however, that the public needs to show up in large numbers when a public meeting is held to address the issue with their support and concerns. I've already been approached by a resident who wants to see a sidewalk installed between the two bridges on Old Slies Road so that no one has to walk on the shoulder to get to Lower Reach Park. If elected, I intend to bring this matter forward. And finally, I hope to see the continuation of replacing aging infrastructure without raising taxes. With the increasing number of new homes being built in Smith Falls, I'm sure that this can be achieved by finding efficiency within existing budgets. Thank you for your time and your support this evening. Chris, I'm thinking of not letting you say anything else. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, thank you, Paul, for moderating. Thank you to Leslie Richardson and the Chamber for organizing tonight. Uh, thank you uh, to Sean and his team at Your TV for broadcasting and making sure it's on the record. And thank you for joining us. It's uh, it's really heartwarming to see a full room. Uh, I'd also like to thank Councillor Allen, who's over here, 12 years of service, and Councillor Dwyer for four years of service. I had no idea what uh, was involved in that before. But it's been an incredible journey to have had the opportunity to serve you. As the past four years on Council and our Municipal Heritage Committee, Accessibility Advisory Committee, uh, Community Improvement Plan, and Police Services Board. I'm seeking re-election this term so that we can continue progressing together on our priorities that matter. I believe those priorities are affordability, accessibility, renewing and revitalizing our parks, creating safe active transportation networks, starting with the Old Slice Bridge, and transforming our downtown into a regional tourist destination. If any of these priorities resonate with you, please vote for me, Christopher McGuire, between October 14th and 24th. If you'd like any further information or to discuss my platform, please reach out by phone at 613-769-6529 or send me an email at votemaguire at gmail.com. Thank you. All right. That brings us to the end of this portion of the evening. So there you have it, folks. We heard from uh, 12 of the 14 listed candidates. Uh, Chris Samir has dropped out of the race, and Don Quinn was not present for the debate. So what did you think? What did you think? Come let us know on our social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We want to hear what you think of the candidates. We want to hear what you think about the issues. We want to hear what you think about uh, our election and, and, and everything facing our town going forward. Drop us a line. And, of course, big, big thanks to our three seasoned sponsors of this podcast, Say Two Bakery, Howard Kelford and Dubois, and Andrus Independent Grocer. Without you, we couldn't do this. See you next time, Smith Falls. Take care. We are just friends, but you ain't heard nothing yet.